Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. So let's get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to the show. The Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Here's what I do. I talk to you on radio. And Sherry. And you are the most important women in broadcasting. And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Well, let's take a look at Nostradamus, shall we? Um, we've got Nostradamus's predictions for 2023. And Nostradamus uh, was around like a gazillion years ago. Um, he published his book, The Prophecies, in 1555. Now, when you read Nostradamus's actual predictions, they're kind of insane. It'll say stuff like, um, Ahoy, a talking squirrel with blood in his eye rides a rock to the moon, waves crash upon the shore, all are flies, right? And somebody <laughs> so will look at that. Yeah. yeah. Somebody uh-huh. will look at that and go, yeah, we're going to have a really tough midterm election cycle. No, <laughs> yeah, right. predicted it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so here is what Nostradamus predicted for 2022. He predicted the rise of AI, um, the rise of crypto, and a surge in cannibalism as a response to inflation. Now, I know the price of groceries has gone up, but I have not yet resorted to eating the neighbors. How about you? <laughs> hasn't been a thing yet. No. So let's, can, can, I'm not saying cannibalism isn't there, but it's a niche. It's a niche it's a group. small market, yeah. Yeah. So how did, how did Nostradamus do in 22? Well, um, inflation is sky high. Uh, Bitcoin went bust. And the uh, Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix... Netflix was one of the most watched shows in the history of Netflix, and that was about cannibalism. So he he wasn't all wrong, right? He got no, close. He was in the, so in the, how in the world did he um, address crypto? I mean, that's I'm not going to pull that one out for you because I'm going to focus on 2023. <laughs> I will read you the Nostradamus prediction, and you tell me what it means. He says, "Quote." Mm-hmm. Like the sun, the head shall sear the shining sea. The black sea's living fish shall all but boil. That's I, w- a climate I would say change. that has that has something to do with climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Global warming, um, and it does kind of line up because some of the most um, popular fish that people eat are facing extinction as a yeah. result of uh, warming mm-hmm. oceans warming and overfishing waters, and stuff. Right. Ooh. Um, so cannibalism may still show up for us in 2023 if we run out of fish. He also predicts that the year 2023 will see, quote, celestial fire on the royal edifice. Um, it, this is being interpreted as the monarchy in Britain is going down. Is falling apart, yeah. And when you see everything that's happening now with the Prince Harry situation, mm-hmm. I don't know about again. I can't speak to cannibalism, but it doesn't it doesn't look great for the British monarchy at the moment. Do you think that they're going to weather this, or do you think that Harry's going to do real damage? I, I think they're going to weather it because I think eventually the the country itself is just going to have to admit that yes, they cost tens of millions of dollars, but they bring in something like eleven dollars for every one dollar that's spent. 
Tourists go to England in part because of the whole royal family thing. They want to have their picture taken in front of Buckingham Palace. I mean, you and I did it, you know. I've, I've done television opens from there. I still have a picture of myself in front of the palace. People want to see the changing of the guard. People want to go to uh, see the royal jewels. They're, they're the biggest tourist attraction in England. If you took that away, it's still a charming country. But, you know, they have bad weather. And um, London is extremely expensive. You take that away... And their, their image is diminished mightily. So I say that the royal family, from that point only, fights uh, is to going stay to in. Stay, stay as a part of their uh, existence. It'll be interesting to see what the long-term damage is from Prince Harry. Because I remember when Princess Diana and Prince Charles split up. And then she died, and the British royal family initially did not handle her death well or appropriately. There were people back then that were saying, this is it. The royal family cannot survive this Charles and Diana scandal. It can't survive Tampon Gate. If you don't know what Tampon Gate is, I'm not going to be the one to tell you because (sighs) truly, you're probably eating breakfast right now. The royal family cannot survive the suspicion that the gray men of the palace were behind Diana's death in that Paris tunnel. And you know what? The royal family managed to survive that just fine. Well, go so back two more generations to, uh, was it Edward who gave up the throne? Yeah. The, for the, the American, Yeah, for the American divorcee. He gives up the throne for an American divorcee who then down the road says, you know, I never really was attracted to him. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know much If they could survive about- that. I don't know much about Wallace Simpson and the Duke of Windsor. I would not want a man to give up the throne for me. I don't want my husband to give up a college football game for me because I don't want to have to hear about it for the rest of my life. You know, what does that say about the power that Wallace Simpson, and if you're not familiar with that woman, which was the name of the biography written about her, what was her power over him to get him to renounce being the freaking king of England. I, I, I don't know. I don't have whatever it is she has. I didn't. That's not installed here. I didn't get that package at the dealership. I, I got nothing. And then she was. I'm not. I don't know that she was miserable to him. But from everything that I've read, you know, he was like at her beck and call. She ran the show. Some, I gotta tell you, I don't know what some of these ladies have. Um, but I wish they could bottle it and get it onto Amazon Prime because I would right. like to know what that power <laughs> feels like. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I have my two favorite posts of the week that I would like to share with you right now. Here's the first one. This is from Benjamin A. Pete the Second. Can someone please fix bacon packaging? There has to be a better way. I agree. You know, uh, I agree too. It's a small thing, but he's right. He's right. But it's a mess. It's a gross it's a mess. mess to have to deal with. Yeah. It's gre- <laughs> it's greasy. And, and I know that's the product. Bacon is greasy. But then once you pull the, the you know, four or five strips out <laughs> and you're dealing with it, right? And you and then you're you're sealing it back up. It's nasty and greasy and you know, it goes right back into the refrigerator. 
He is right. Thank you, Mr. Benjamin A. Pete II. And my other favorite post that I saw was, my favorite conspiracy theory is everything is going to be okay. <laughs> didn't you, didn't you, um, especially when you were a kid, even, huh? what did you say? I agree with that one too. I choked on my chair. Didn't you think when you were a kid that the adults were more in charge of the way things were going to be going than they actually turned out to be? I'm going to tell you, this is the straight truth. I hoped that there were adults that had a handle on things because none of them were living in my house. Right, exactly. Oh, that's a given. That's a given. So I, I didn't have full faith in competent adults but I had hope that there were competent adults. You know, you, you would see on TV as a kid, uh, the news, and there'd be these guys, and there were, well, there were some women uh, when I was a kid who were in Congress, but there, there'd be these guys, and they were all seemingly 110 years old. Now, they were probably 50, but they seemed to be 110, and they were very, very serious. And I had no idea what they were talking about, but you know, they looked like they were very serious and sometimes they disagree a little bit, but by golly, they're going to make sure that the Russians don't get us and uh, our life is going to be good. And every year it's going to be uh, better to be an American and, and our life is going to get easier. And then here, you know, you grow up and you look at some of these clowns in Congress and I mean, they really are clowns may not be perfect, but you know, they're, they're pretty much in control. They're going to take care of the Russians and, Everything's going to be okay. And it still may be. Let's, let's be optimistic. Let's be optimistic. We must have hope, right? Yeah, we have to have hope. Otherwise, you, you can't live without hope. You can live without a lot no. of things, but you cannot live without hope. You yeah, must have hope. True. And yeah. so we will just hope that there are some competent grown-ups out there, you know, in, mm-hmm. in positions of power and decision-making. Mm-hmm. We're going to yep. look at me. We're going to hope that. We're going to hope that. We're going to hope for that. 20, but for 23. it's hard to hold that hope, especially with morons in the news being next. Right. Because morons in the news is the place where hope goes to die when it comes to confident adults. <laughs> it's it's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Lowe's. Shop in store or online at Lowe's.com. Check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you morons. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. When Taco Bell says we're closed, they're closed. Yakima, Washington right now, a Yakima man, is under arrest for a drive-by shooting and threatening employees after police say he became enraged that a local Taco Bell was closed and would not serve him. The Taco Bell employees say that they were closing the restaurant at 2 a.m. when a man in a flatbed truck drove up to the window to order. After telling the man we just closed, the employees say the driver became immensely upset, screaming that he would break their windows if they didn't serve him some tacos. They then say he began pounding on the front doors of the restaurant, saying he was going to break in. A few minutes after he left, the employees say they saw the pickup parked nearby. As one of the employees began to drive away, they said they heard a single gunshot. The employee called 911, saying the man was shooting at them. Police say they were quickly able to locate the pickup and detain the driver, 30-year-old David W. Sharp. Yes, the man's name is Sharp. 
Inside the truck, police say they found a 9mm pistol with a loaded magazine, a bullet in the chamber, a loaded 22 in the pocket of the driver's seat, and a Glock 9mm with an empty magazine in the rear passenger seat underneath an assortment of clothing. Police say uh, they found two spent 9mm casings on the front windshield and other shell casings. Also live rounds. Officers inve- uh, investigated the Taco Bell store and said they found uh, bullet holes uh, in several different parts of the building. Um, it's 2 a.m. These Sorry. people are getting minimum wage. They're tired. And by the way, if you're banging on the door with a gun, do you know how awkward it's going to be if they let you in? Sir. Are they going to say, welcome to Taco Bell? That's going to be hard if, if you've been firing at people and, and banging on the door with a gun. This is not what we mean by live moss, okay? This is no, not it's what not. we mean. The, the, they arrested him, of course. That The most surprising thing is he didn't head for the border. He just <gasps> sat in his truck. How many can we do? I think we got them both. I don't think we can get fourth meal in here. I'm trying, but I can't can't really see a spot for it. Let's go to today's moron of the day. It's an airline. Hey, Air Canada. Welcome to Morons in the News. A couple went from Vancouver to Mexico on vacation, and when they got back into the Vancouver airport, their bag was still in Mexico City. How did they know that? Because before they left home, they invested in an Apple AirTag which is a little wireless tracking device that you can put on items, including your checked bags. So they were able to open up their app on their phone and see that their luggage was at the Mexico City International Airport. So they opened one of those lost baggage claims right away, and um, an Air Canada agent at the airport said, we will deliver your bag to your house shortly. But then the bag never arrived. Next day, day after, three days go by, And there's no luggage. So after a couple of weeks of waiting for the luggage, the situation went from bad to worse. Um, The AirTag location showed that their bag had flown to Madrid, Spain, and was now stuck in the, the airport in Madrid, Spain. And no one can explain why that is. No one at the airline, no one at the airport in Mexico City. Nobody knows why Air Canada got busy sending this suitcase on an exciting round-the-world trip. (laughs) They still don't have their bag. Oh, no. And because of the Apple AirTag, they're watching it. It goes a place, and it sits there for a bit. Then it goes to a new place, and it sits there for a bit. There are people in this world who do not travel as much as this suitcase is traveling. That that was the first thing that came to my mind. That was the first thing that came to my mind. You're exactly right. So Air Canada, it, it's it's not fun being the moron of the day, but with with stuff like um, Tile and Apple AirTag, you can't lie to people anymore. You can't. Because no. they can see where it is. They're going to see it. where it is. That's it for Morons in the News. Coming up on the show, what a guy says and what he really means. Plus, Wisconsin's own comedy legend Mary Mack on the show. The power of the 10-minute walk. And homeownership is just a great big old dirty lie that we've all swallowed. It's Bob and Sherry. 
It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast. I was listening to the podcast with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Podcast. On the current Oddcast, comedian Leanne Morgan. As a mama and a wife and a, and a woman tending to the house, there you won't believe the men that have seen me in robes, gowns, no brown. The Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast. I heard your podcast. Yes, please go on. On the free Bob and Sherry app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I'm a sucker. You know, if I see something cool online that you can try, like a cleaning hack or a beauty hack, I always try it. It never works. At least not for me. I must not do something right. If I see a product that promises to be some really super cool thing for the cat or the kid or your face. I buy it and it never works, at least not for me. So let me tell you what I did um, last night before I went to bed. I had read um, this Australian cleaning TikToker lady Mm -hmm. said that if you have stubborn stains that you're trying to clean, you Mm -hmm. should put ketchup on them and um, give it a while. And then the the stains will wipe right off with the ketchup because there's like a, a kind of mild acid going on in ketchup. So I have a gas stove, which the U.S. government has not outlawed yet, although they looked at it. I have a gas stove and the pans around, you know, where the flame burners are. Mm-hmm. Once something gets stuck on those, I mean, I've tried everything. And I know this is really sexy and riveting. I've tried bleach and easy off. I mean, I've tried everything. So I'm like, all right, well, this Australian lady says I should put ketchup on this. And, and so I put ketchup all over my um, cooktop. And then I went to bed last night. And when I woke up this morning, I had hardened ketchup on my cooktop. And when I tried to wipe it up, (laughs) it hadn't touched the stains at all. So here's what I did. Here's what I did with this Australian cleaning hack. I made my life harder. And I tell you all this so that you will not do the foolish things I do. Maybe ketchup will clean something for you. I know you can drop a can of Coke in your toilet or whatever. It will clean it right up. But I did not find the ketchup cleaning hack to be anything more than a big, hot, ketchupy mess. You know, that is terrible that, that somebody would post that because what a mess for you. But I do have a, a, I know we don't have much time here. I've got a hack, a cleaning hack. If you go out, the other day, Mary and I were out uh, and we got our, we were walking with the dog. Our sneakers got completely full of mud. I went, these are my favorite sneakers. She said, I got a hack from TikTok. Go put them in the uh, put them in the washing machine with the rest of the uh, towels. I went, you sure about that? Because they're nice sneakers. She said, yeah. And I said, okay. And how about drying them? She said, take the laces, put the, put them in the dryer, take the laces, and close the door on the laces, and start it. And it'll dry the sneakers, and you won't hear them banging around while they dry. And it and, and it worked. Totally. It worked. You're totally wow. Hey, yeah. I'm so, Bob, the next time you get mud on your sneakers, what I want you to do is squirt some ketchup on them first. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and let it just yeah, mild it acid. Yeah, it's on the internet. It's mild acid. It'll just clean. Right, right. It's Bob and Sherry. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. I got something to run by you guys. So I'm, I'm cruising around online and I come upon this thing, you know, what men say all the time and what it really means. And so I'm looking at this and I was like, I have a lot of men. I should ask one of them if this is true. So all three of you, Bob, Max, and Doc, let me know if you agree or disagree with these. Like, for example, when a man tells you, I'm not really looking for a relationship right now, what he's really saying is, I don't want a relationship with you. I can't guarantee there's any future for us, but I'd be okay with knocking boots. What do you think? <laughs> True or false? Well, it depends on um, the situation, but I mean, definitely he's not interested in uh, being with you long term. As far as uh, having a physical relationship, I think it, it just depends on on how it's going. You know, I mean, that's strictly in his head. So if he, you know, on the one hand, it could be, I, I want to keep you at arm's length because I'm really not interested, period. The other one is what you described. I still would like to have a physical relationship, but I want no strings. Yeah. I, I think it's really true for both men and women. When you say to someone, I am not looking for a relationship right now, what is unsaid is with you. Because I've known so many people, including George Clooney, who are like, not interested in monogamy, never getting married, you're never going to pin me down. Well, hello, them all, right? Uh -huh. When the right person comes along, that whole game changes. And Usually. it's so mm -hmm. hard. It's so hard when you're really into someone and you are not their right person. I know. And we've all been there, mm -hmm. right? Okay, here's another thing. When your man says, listen, I'm okay. Here's what it really means. I'm not okay, but I need you to let me be because if you keep asking me what's wrong, I'm just going to feel worse. That's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Here's just, one that's very men are just not as verbal. They do not sometimes want to discuss whatever the issue is. They have to kind of let it go, work itself out, let them work it out, but they just don't want to delve into it. Here's another one that's kind of connected to the first one. You're into a guy and he's like, I just wouldn't want to ruin our friendship. That translates to, I've never thought about dating you. I don't like you in that way. And I'm not attracted to you, but I'm trying not to hurt your feelings. That's exactly right. You know, that's what women mean too by that. 
Like that's one where we mean the exact same things. I just wouldn't want to ruin our friendship because I'm here to tell you that I could be absolute best friends with Chris Hemsworth, like staying up all night, doing our hair and telling each other secret. And I would, I would throw that into the fire in a heartbeat for a shot at that. Right. I mean, if you're aren't, I mean, if you're being honest, right. Can you not admit I, that? I have, I have never had a woman say that to me. Uh, I wouldn't want to ruin our friendship. And I have, I've had and still have female friends who are strictly friends. I think most guys don't. I think Max and I are unusual that we have female friends, that there's never been a physical thing. And, you know, whether or not we're attracted or not attracted, it's just, it, they just were not our thing. It was not going to work out. Um, you can find somebody attractive and not be attracted. Attracted. Yeah. That's totally. very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Like, I think you are a very attractive and charming and fun guy, but I could no more do anything to or with you because it would feel like so gross and wrong. Well, suppose we had just met and uh, we weren't together for decades, like brother and sister, which is kind of what we have. Suppose we had just met. How do you feel about that then? Uh-huh. Once upon a time, we had just met, and uh-huh. we didn't have the long relationship that we have now. And I just knew, like, my soul recognized you, and knew that we were gonna, we had some important stuff to do together in life, and that wasn't part of it. I mean, you can't. Well, I was married. Here. I was also you were married. married. You were, yeah. and I'm not gonna poach a married dude, but you right. you can't pretend that. Like, I'm not your type at all. You can't pretend there was one second where you were like, mm, I'd like to hit some of that. Like. And that doesn't hurt my feelings. I am not your type at all. I can't even respond to this. I I, I would have to change. I would have to dye my hair and change my name to Nibbles to even get on your radar. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you date one cookie. You date. I'm not even going to go through the other names. And the rest of your life, you know, people may say, oh, yeah. who you? uh, Oh, you're married now? What's her name? Nibbles? No. Hey, listen. Listen, the only, the only one you missed was little Debbie. Okay. You dated all the names. And that reminds me, I saw the funniest tweet. Let me pull, I I took a screenshot of it because it was epic about little Debbie. Let me pull it up and read it to you. Okay. You ready? Here we go. Hang on. Hang on. Here we come. Little Debbie, daughter of Satan, <laughs> that's how she was described, outdoes herself with banana pudding rolls. <laughs> you know, there are people that love Little Debbie so much that they can't even be in the same supermarket with them because they will just, they'll go down to the aisle and just get Little Debbies and push them in their mouths. I had a friend who was like that. He used to go, he, used to, he actually used to say, uh... Little Debbie's going to be the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, we'll do one last one and then we'll wrap up. When a man says to you, look, I just don't do relationships. What that means is I'm just keeping my options open in case someone better comes along, but I wouldn't mind hooking up if you're open to it. That is a very strange thing to say. I don't do relationships. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's very unattractive. It, it, it's supposed to sound hip. Like, I don't do this, I don't do that. I don't do relationships. Nah, that's a guy you don't want to, you don't have anything to do with. And and yet, that's really, like, I have so many girlfriends that hear that kind of thing all the time. 
It is not uncommon. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. And now on the Bob and Sherry Show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know. Yes, indeedy. Thank you, Max. And speaking of Max, the uh, first thing Bob didn't know came from Max, who stumbled upon this little nugget. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David both were the co-creators of Seinfeld. And, you know, it's a storied situation comedy. It's obviously still in reruns. You can see it on, uh, I think, Netflix. And uh, it's still, you know, people still off. How many years has it been off? Ten years? At oh, least. Oh, oh, way more 20, than like that. 20, 20 like 24 yeah. years. I think 90, 24 98, years. 98 was the last year, I think. You don't realize since, that because it's yeah. in reruns and it's on every right. day somewhere, right? Right. Well, you don't realize it until you watch it and you see he's got a, a phone in his hand that's the size of a brick. But um, Max just discovered that Larry David and Seinfeld were the owners of the show. And, of course, there are still residuals. Each of them knocks down every year $110 million for the residuals. <laughs> I, my brain there's nothing. Can't... There's no work involved. You talk about I... mailbox money. That's mailbox money. I can't take it in. I, I like what you're saying I know. makes no sense to me that right. you just wake up and you, you said 110 million a year each. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's how many millions Show of business dollars is a fun. month. Show wow. business is fun because in addition to getting that money, Seinfeld is still touring. He still is on TV all the time. And, and Larry David had a second career with uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Really, really amazing. Here's something I didn't realize. You know, in the radio business, there's most people don't know this, but there'll be um, some radio stations part of a group. And one of the stations has a competitor that is, uh, say, hard rock. And they have a station that's a weak station They'll put hard rock on that station knowing that it's never going to beat the other one, but it'll take it down a little bit. It's just, it's like sacrificed, right? Coca-Cola introduced Tab Clear to ruin the Crystal Pepsi marketing campaign. Tab Clear was marketed as an inferior diet drink. They, they sent the word out. It's a, an inferior diet drink. This confused consumers into thinking Crystal Pepsi was also an inferior diet drink, and both drinks died within six months. Hmm. So they created this product just to take out Pepsi's product, and, and they, people were confused. If it's clear, it must suck, and they both went down the chute in six months. What a strategy. I know, and it worked. You know? It worked. Um, um, Charles Schwab, we all know it's an investment, um, house, a very successful investment house. I think that his father was the American steel magnet. There was an American steel magnet, Charles M. Schwab, who died a pauper. He owed $300,000 at his death after blowing through a fortune that was worth 500 to $800 million in today's money. What did he spend it on? What I mean, in the world did you blow that on? Is is it terrible investments? Is it wives? How many sports cars? Islands? I mean, 
Islands yeah. and castles. Maybe that's what it was. Islands and it, castles. Yeah, yeah. There is an annual wife-carrying contest in Finland, and it's still going on. That's the most amazing thing with this. You carry your wife and run and try to beat the other guys, right? The reward is the wife's, the wife's weight in beer. So the more she weighs, the more beer you're going to get. But you've still got to beat the other guys. So one of the guys may have a wife that, you know, is a little skinny mini, and he could run faster. But if you can somehow carry a heavier-weighted wife, you're going to get more beer than that guy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would say that. I knew hmm. you would say that. Hmm. <laughs> um, there are no living descendants of Abraham Lincoln. His great-grandson died in 1985, and he had no children. That was the end of the Lincoln line. I remember hearing about his death. I was surprised. I don't know why. I was surprised that he had an, an, um, uh, someone that was related to him in the 1980s. But he was the last of the uh, line. That's, you know, this is something that I wonder about a lot. You know, we've had how many presidents? 40, have 40, 46, I don't remember. 46, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And going all the way back to the, the first handful of presidents of the United States, do they have, how many of them have living descendants? How many living descendants of James Buchanan are there? Or uh, Har President Harding? I mean, don't even think about like the marquee names that you know, but there must be living descendants of a lot of these presidents. I mean, if, if I was a descendant of James Buchanan, my name definitely would be James Buchanan. I, I would change it to James Buchanan. I would be working that so big, be even in radio. Yeah. 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 It's James Buchanan, 705. Right. But with Lincoln, as brilliant as he Lincoln's was, there's, there's no one else following him. And finally, and this is, I never heard of this before, but boy, is this dark. Walt Disney bought his parents a house when he came into money with the uh, animation. He bought his parents a house. It had a broken furnace, which was inadequately fixed by a Disney studio repairman, causing his mother to die of asphyxiation. No. Yeah. Oh, that's dark. Isn't that something? Oh. Of all. Do you have anything else? Could we end on a brighter note? Going, that's the last one. <sighs> can we do anything um, else yeah. we can work with here? <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Um, Dobri Dobrev was a 99 year old panhandler in Bulgaria who gives all of the money he collects to local orphanages, once giving over $24,000 in a single donation. Oh, so yeah, that'd go. feel better. So, yeah, is that I feel, a little bit better? better now. Okay, yeah. Ooh, okay, thank you. Things Bob didn't know. It's Bob and Sherry. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is that legendary Wisconsinite, Mary Mack. Thank you so much. I, I am Mary Mack. Uh, guys, I was so excited to be here. I put on makeup. I know. They say you got to blend it in. I'm not blending it in. I want to get somewhere and have people be like, she tried. <laughs> it's hard to age as a woman. I got, I got a mole on my face now. Keep sprouting out of hair. I cut it, it sprouts. I cut it, it sprouts. I can't keep up. It's like mowing the yard, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a neighbor kid to cut it. 
I grew up in northern Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, not fancy. Yeah, we, we, didn't, uh, we didn't get a spring break in school. Instead, we got a week off in November for deer hunting. <laughs> yeah, because with a freezer full of venison, who cares if you graduate? <laughs> One time in school, the teachers decided to have a, a healthy lifestyles day. It's never been attempted before or since in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> but I, I took a class. It was called, How to Slow Your Breathing Down in Case You Fall Through the Ice. <laughs> it, but it wasn't even taught by, like, an expert or a park ranger. It's just some guy who fell through the ice. <laughs> and figured it out. My mom is retired up there in the woods, and uh, she has no internet or cable news, so she has to have her own thoughts. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom is pro-trans rights, and she enjoys burning plastic. Yeah. You can't pigeonhole Jan. You can't. My mom is from that very bland Scandinavian country called Duluth, Minnesota. You, oh, good, yeah, yeah. She's never even had yogurt before. Mm -mm, too spicy. <laughs> she, she's working with an old Swedish taste palette. Oh, chai's on a baked potato. What are they trying to kill me? Guys, there's a lot of heat in it. It can sneak up on you, okay? Yeah, chives are like the habanero of Minnesota, right? <laughs> My whole family, they're so much tougher than I am. I got one brother, Scott. He got ran over by the bulldozer a few years ago. No, he's fine. He's fine. He's almost more normal now. Yeah, yeah. But, but think about that, the bulldozer, that doesn't have wheels, that has tracks, tracks, so it takes a long time to get ran over by it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be patient. Yeah. Not me, I'm not tough. I, the toughest thing I ever did was, uh, I ate organic food last week. Yeah, the whole week. Oh man, I had organic maple bacon fudge. Do you ever, you ever have organic maple? It's hard to get it organic. There's a lot of layers, yeah? Yeah? The, the fudge, that's gotta be like cage-free or something. Most people like to prepackage their fudge. That is not a euphemism, that is a USDA regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got the bacon, that, oh, think about the pig. The pig has to be like, oh, okay, fine. The pig has to give consent, otherwise it's not organic. Yeah, yeah, that pig has a safe word, too. Uh, if he oinks twice before the conveyor belt, he gets to go to a community college of his choice. All right, a little too weird. All right. Before I go, I just want to let you know about a service I'm offering. Um, you couldn't see me. If, if you're having problems sleeping, come see me after the show. Uh, what I do, I rent my husband out to you. He comes over, stands next to your bed, and tells you about his fantasy football team for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, five minutes and you're out. I'm almost med-free. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm very mad. Happy
Mary Mack is wonderful. I love her. We'll post that set up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at BobandSherry.com. I stumbled upon a quote that I want to read to everybody because as we start a new year, I think if you can remember this quote and embrace it, you very well may be a happier person. And here's the quote. Okay. You can be the nicest, sweetest peach in the peach tree, but not everybody likes peaches. You know, that is a really powerful thing to think yeah. about. Isn't that great? Not every, you're not going to be everybody's thing, right? No, you're not going to. And let's say, I don't know, you're, you're in the dating world. You're a young person in the dating world. And uh, it's Friday night and you approach someone, strike up a little conversation, but then you, you realize that it's going nowhere. He or she just doesn't have any, any interest. You know, you can be the nicest, sweetest peach in the tree, but not everybody likes peaches. And that's what that's the only way you look at it. It's just like, okay, there's not a connection because she doesn't like uh, guys who are not tall or, or, or whatever the reason or, is. You know, sometimes there's something about you that someone just like immediately takes a dislike to you. Just like there are things about people that make you take an instant dislike. I think that's true yeah. for all of us. I know you're looking for an insult. Like, I, Bob Lacey, can instantly dislike people, but no one can instantly dislike me. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm there. I'm clean. I'm being nice. Why would somebody instantly dislike me? Because I don't. I, why I did mean, you go happens. there? That's here. I have this beautiful, this beautiful <laughs> little quote, and you're going. You know, somebody could look at you, Bob Lacey, and just say, "I don't like him at all." It's There's true something for all about of him. Us. I don't, I don't, I don't go into social situations looking for trouble. You know, I'm nice to everyone. I'm clean, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, who can figure it out then? You're clean, you're nice, you're not looking for trouble, and yet here's someone that took one look at you and is like, that's a face that needs punching. But that's just being a <laughs> That's not what this quote meant. <laughs> this quote... <sighs> Oh, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> this quote did not mean my face needed punching. It's just that somebody might say, well, you know, I, I like a bald man or something like that. You know? mm-hmm. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free free Bob and Cherry app.
All right, it's talkback time, and you can join us on the show by calling 844-52-SHERRY or just go to wherever you get your apps and get the Bob and Sherry uh, download, hit the little microphone, and bang, you are on the air just like this. Hey, Sherry, I heard your little story about your trip out to see your mom and about going to the crematory. I got to tell you my story. My dad won some money on the Powerball, and my parents asked me, you know, what I needed. And I said, I don't need you guys to do anything for us. I would like to see you go on a trip. So fast forward a couple weeks later, my mom calls me and says, hey, just to let you know, we planned our trip. And I said, you did? Where are you going? I was thinking a cruise or somewhere warm because we live in Maine. She proceeds to tell me, I'm not sure, heaven or hell, but either way, we're going to make it to one place. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, we went and prepaid our crematory. So when we die, you won't have anything to worry about. So we planned that trip. So I get it. Um, let the good times roll uh, is, is what I'm, I'm thinking. No, do you know what? Uh, here's all I can think is, how have we allowed ourselves to live in a civilization where mom and dad have to win the Powerball to afford their final expenses? <laughs> I, I, I may have to just curl up and cry on the end of the couch for about an hour. I know, wow. I know. Wow. wow. If, but I do. If that, if that main couple had not won, I guess mom and dad at, at the right time have to get on like an iceberg in northern Maine and just float out to sea or <sighs> – I'm so glad that that you called, though, because, you know, after I told you guys the story of going to the crematory with my mom and and your reaction, Bob, made me feel like, God, is there something wrong with my family? Like, why are we so weird? But it's not just us. We aren't just the only weird ones. Although I have to say, so the first thing we did was go to the uh, crematory and take care of that. And then we did some other things. And we were driving home from dinner. I'd gone to dinner with my mom and my bonus brother. And we're driving home from dinner and I'm driving because my mom's, um, she sees like weird flashes of headlights do weird things at night. She doesn't like mm-hmm. to drive at night anymore. So I'm driving and my mom said, now you're going to make a right at the next light. And oh, keep a lookout. We're going to pass the crematory on our way. <laughs> oh no, she's entered that stage where where that is something that is uh, a landmark that must be pointed out oh my god you know when I, I when i heard that lady describe what her parents did with the powerball money you know what came to my mind that is such a new england couple thing to do that That's kind of just, like thrifty it, practicality yes yeah, oh, we don't want the kids to have to carry any burden. So we're going to take our fun money and go to the crematorium for the weekend. Oh, my God. The fact that that's what they did with their Powerball winnings, that's what – I mean, we don't know how much they won. But don't you feel like if you win some lottery money that that – you should get to spend that on something fun? That's Vegas money. That's Southern California. That's New York City money, Yeah. Exactly. Or, or or car money or vacation money, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that mom and dad had to buy a scratchy or something to be able to die with dignity, I'm just so sad. I know. Oh 
You know how I tell you about the uh, town that I lived oh. in for a while in Connecticut, Old Lyme? So I'm from New Haven and that's, you know, Yale is there and it's a fairly good size, medium sized city. You know, it's a, it's a city city, but we lived in old Lyme, which is like, it hasn't changed since the 1600s. And there are houses from the 1600s and it's perfect, but they don't want any businesses coming in, but there's three or four shops and they're almost never open because the people that own them just don't want strangers coming into their shops. It's beautiful. And yet, it is just caught in time. And I went back and I thought to myself, you know, old Lyme, it is just so beautiful. Maybe I could get like a little cottage here, summer place. And I'm walking through the beautiful streets and looking at these gorgeous old homes. And there on the corner off of the main street is a beautiful sign. And the sign has a black coach with uh, black horses drawing the coach. And it says, uh, such and such crematorium. And it's pointing that way. Even the crematorium in Old Lyme is tasteful and a throwback with the coach and the black horses. (laughs) And I stopped and looked at it and I said, there's no way. There's no way that that's a part of what I walk by every day in this. It's a beautiful neighborhood. There's no way I'm walking by that every single day. You just couldn't. It just made you too. It it made it just made me uncomfortable. And and part of it is the average age I think in old Lyme is deceased. So um, it it just seems like. I guess they opened up and they did a little bit of advertising on that sign because that's where one of the bigger businesses in the town is we we had a coworker um she was a an, a salesperson and account executive and she grew up her family was in the funeral business she grew mm-hmm. up in a funeral home and it was one of those like you know how some funeral homes are really just these beautiful big old houses yeah, that have right. been converted to funeral homes and others right. you know look like a dentist office or whatever but her parents owned and her grandparents had owned it before them, one of these big rambling old homes that was a funeral home. And she and her siblings grew up playing in the visitation rooms, like oh at goodness. night and on the weekends when there wasn't couldn't a service. Just could, yeah. could not do it. I know. Oh my it goodness, we're out you. of time. I, I could just go on and on talking about I know crematoriums. You could. Yeah. Straight ahead, uh, what is it that just is kind of annoying that your spouse does and they don't stop? What is it? There are more things than maybe you remember. It's straight ahead with Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So way back in your great-grandparents' era, there was a radio show. This is pre-TV. A radio show called The Bickersons. And the concept was, this is a married couple and they never stop picking on each other. Well, why don't you answer me, John? Hmm? If you take your head out of that paper for a minute, you could hear what I'm saying. You always hear what you're saying. You do not. You might just as well be talking to a stone wall. You never listen to me. Your mind is always a million miles away. Hmm. John. Hmm. I've been signed up to go ten rounds with Joe Lewis at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. 
Yesterday, the plumber discovered a radium mine under the bathroom sink. Hmm. I put a nice big gob of poison in your orange juice this morning. Hmm. Give me $7 to buy a new hat. You don't need a new hat. All right, so that, that's the concept. It's, it's a couple, and they nag each other to death. I just found out what are the top things we as couples nag each other on. So what we're going to do here right now, I've got the chimes, and I've got Skypig, who has not been around for a while. I'm going to go through these things that we nag each other on. When I hit the chimes, that means it's Mary. When I hit Skypig, that means I'm guilty of doing that. All right, and here we go. Turning off the lights. Cleaning up after yourself in general. Putting things back in the wrong place. Having the TV volume too loud. Neither. Leaving clothes on the floor. Leaving dishes cups around the house. Not replacing the toilet roll on the holder. Going outside and leaving the door wide open in the winter. Leaving several pairs of shoes lying around. Walking right past things in the stairs, needing to pick them up and not doing it. Not cleaning the sink properly after shaving or brushing your teeth. Not turning the TV off. Not putting clean washing away. Spending too much time on your phone. Turning the heat on too high. Coming down for dinner too late. Neither one. Leaving uh, garbage overflowing. Saving money. We're both the same. Leaving the dishes next to the dishwasher. That's my job. Leaving the fridge freezer door open. Leaving the toilet seat up. Never doing the recycling. Not making beds. Not loading or unloading the dishwasher. Again, that's my thing. Sorting out life in general. (coughs) Both. Spending too much time in front of the TV. Playing videos on their phones. Too loudly. (laughs) Reducing uh, going out. Nah, we're both okay with that. Exercising, we're both okay with that. And letting the laundry basket overflow. We're both guilty of that. I, I heard a lot of chimes, Bob, and was not a, so I much I think I come out better. Yeah, I think I come out better. Now, yeah, I, I'm I, hoping herself is not listening at this very moment. But I love you know her what's dearly, fun is but you know... Her, herself is probably not listening, but herself's friend Lynette is listening and will tell herself about this, but it'll be trans it'll be translated through girl. You're not going to believe what he did today. And it'll actually be worse for you than if herself had heard it. And you know, that's true. Well, then why do I do this job? I don't know. I, you could ask really <laughs> is that the best you've got? I mean, I'd have to ask you, you know, you, have you, have you not figured that out yet? I've told you the only time, the only time Kevin punches the button and listens, is just as I'm saying something about him. This just happened right before Christmas. Yeah. He said, woman, I uh, put on your show. And he says that as in the same tone of voice, you might say, woman, I had to kill a rat. Okay. So with, with disdain. Yeah, yes. Woman, yeah. Woman, I, I put on your show just in time right. to hear how. You ignore the things I say that you don't want to hear and then positively reinforce the things that uh, you want me to do. And I was like, well, yeah, that's actually, that's actually true. And he goes, well, just so you know, it's not working. Spoiler alert. It's working. (laughs) But I'm not going to argue it because, you know, I need him to move on and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, She'll hear about it. That's right. Lynette, please hush. Okay. You know, 
I'll, I'll buy you something, you know, just tell me the story. Just hush. So there we are. And uh, for those of you who are looking forward to uh, your wedding and uh, a lifetime together. None of this will happen to you. None of this will. Yeah. No, this is not going to be you. No, everything's going to be awesome for you. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once. Don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. You can know that you're supposed to do something, and you can know how good it is for you to do that something, but it can be so like daunting and overwhelming to actually do that thing. I'm talking about 150 minutes of exercise a week. That's five days a week minimum at 30 minutes a day. And you can get that, you know, with walking at a pretty good pace. Um, They also say you should lift weights, do strength training at least twice a week. And if you're doing nothing right now, the idea of going from zero to 150 probably makes you feel so like, all right, I'm going to start that tomorrow. But it turns out that just getting 10 minutes at a time is awesome. And so much better than nothing if you can just go for a 10-minute walk and then maybe tomorrow go for a a second 10-minute walk, not even back-to-back. Like maybe you have a 10-minute walk in the morning, then maybe you take a 10-minute walk at lunchtime, then maybe a 10-minute walk when your workday ends. That's better than nothing, and a lot of really good things happen in just those 10 minutes. And I know you're skeptical, Bob, because you're, you have your skeptical face on. No, no, I'm not. I'm encouraged. I, I think that's a wonderful thing because most people can do that. You know, if you get a 30-minute break at work, and not everybody does, um, you can probably squeeze in 10 minutes right there, just like you said, and maybe 10 minutes at the end of the day. So what is min- the benefit? What is, 10 what is minutes the is doable, right? Here's what happens mm-hmm. to your body in a 10-minute walk. The first thing that happens is, your circulation improves. And when your circulation's better, it helps your body clear out like all those waste products in your cell that need to go that make you feel tired and old. And it also reduces your risk of like having blood clot issues. The second thing that happens, you really are going to feel more energy. Why? Because your blood is flowing. And when your blood is flowing, it's carrying oxygen around all sorts of places, including your brain. The minute you start walking, and, and we're not talking like you don't have to do some crazy speed walk prancer size, but but don't stroll. Not your panther like stroll, Bob. It's got to be like a pretty good brisk walk. As soon as you start doing that, your heart rate goes up. And when your heart rate goes up, it makes your heart stronger. And that's good for you too. And another thing that happens when you go on that 10-minute walk, your confidence improves. Why? Because you're you say to yourself, Look at me. I'm not just sitting around waiting to die. I am having this 10-minute walk, and I can do 10 minutes. I can do 10 minutes more than once a day. It builds your endurance. It improves your concentration. It gives you like a burst of endorphins that put you in a better mood. All of that in one 10-minute walk. I don't and get I people think- who won't go out and, and do that. They uh, just feel, I don't want to be outside because uh, it's cool or it's hot. Or, you know, there's, it's a noisy truck goes by and all. It's more interesting than anything on TV. I, I wanted to bring this up on the show today because I think a few 10 minute walks a day is reasonable. 
you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be in a situation where you know you need to work out. You need to do something, right? And so we all know somebody. It's your friend. It's your brother. It's that guy at work. And you say, I, I really got it. I mean, I'm just spending too much time at my computer. I got to work out. And this person is like some gung-ho CrossFit nut. And they're like, you need to get in the box. You need to get in the box. And you need to sweat right. and bleed and endure. Right. The only box I'm getting into is the one that a pervert puts me in against my will. I am not getting into the box. Okay. I'm not going to do it. I don't. I'm what? not a you person know, you, you talk about who wants to be in the box. In my brain. Do you realize what's in your brain all the time? That that just flowed off your lips. Like oh, yeah. um, it, it's right there in your brain all the time and you can call it right up. You're talk- the word is a box. And the first thing that comes to your mind is a pervert's yeah. putting you in a box and maybe putting you in times. their cellar. Yeah. Wow, that's no different than you saying if I'm in leather pants, that means I escape the pervert's closet. Yeah. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. But you know me. I'm, What's the likelihood I'm showing up in black leather pants that are tight for anything? I'm just telling you, there's no box I want to get in. I have never found a box that I said, you know, there's a box for me. Never. I don't want to be in your CrossFit box or your, your pervert box or your any kind of box. I don't want to be in a box. You want to be in a box? You want to get in the box? Or do you want to go for a 10-minute walk? Will you stop kicking my butt? <laughs> I, 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 I walk every single day. Why, well, why you don't you? want to get in the box, do you? Do you want to get in the CrossFit box and sweat and bleed and learn to endure? Do you want no. to do that? No, me I don't neither. want to get in the – I don't. Tremendous you know, the box admiration. I, here's the box I'd like to you. get into. I like I like to get into a sauna. That's kind of a box. <laughs> That's you know? kind of a box. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable like, there. I'd like to be in a box of my freshly printed lottery winnings. That's a <laughs> yeah. box I would enjoy. <laughs> yeah. um, listen, if you're a CrossFit, like I admire you. I'm in awe of you, and I salute you. I don't want to get in that box with you. 10-minute walk sounds a lot better. We're going to post this up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. This is Bob and Cherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Cherry Facebook page. So, People Magazine Online, the only reason I look at it now and then is because this show, right? Because I can't talk about John Fogarty every single day. So, I got I to gotta know what's going on, right, in show business. And so I paused that. Laurie Laughlin's two daughters, everything you need to know. Um, I did not read the article because I just don't care about her two daughters at all. I'm sure in the article they're making a million dollars a week uh, selling some crap to somebody. But I saw their pictures. Their names, of course, are Bella and Olivia Jade. And they're very beautiful young ladies. And their mother, despite you know her stupidity of paying a half a million dollars to get one of them into college is a very, you know, beautiful woman and was a talented actress. But I'm looking at the two girls here, and I just can't stand to look at them, even though they are so pretty. Because every time you see a picture of these two, they, I'm, I'm going to try it because they're young girls. I'm going to try to control my words here. They have a look on their face that they look into the camera that just says, you are below me in so many ways. I don't even know you. I'll never see you because it's just a picture you're looking at. But you are so below me. I have such such disdain for you. And if I ever met you, I would just turn on a heel and walk away. And you should feel grateful for even 
scene. It's this semi, not semi, it's this post-teenage B look that just says, I'm so much better than you. Because I, I think I'm her daughter kid. and I grew up in Hollywood. It's a look that... I'm kids just going like to say that, it's a B they, look. Kids like that, they come from a world, they come from a privileged bubble that we can't even fathom. But that look, I think, is um, practiced. That's a practiced look. You don't come with that look, you know, naturally. They, they know how to work the camera because they're in front of a camera all the time. And they have developed that look like, you know, I'm so much better than you, but maybe this cream that I'm trying to sell you will make you a little bit less of a troll. Here's what I don't get. Like, why would you want to cultivate a look of such condescending superiority? Like, why would you know. want that to be your face? Do, is is that the appeal? That that I, we I don't uh, we know. are such we we are such um, as you say potato heads that we look at them as our betters. These are two girls that uh, they, they don't have any great education. They haven't done anything great, and yet the look of superiority on those pussies. You know, be honest, that you have a special, dark, hateful place in your heart for people with inherited wealth. Not all of them. But when I see that face, (laughs) I feel that way. You know, there are some people that came from a lot of money and they've done a lot of good things. We never focus on them, though, because you have a particular dark place. Anyway, good luck, girls. Hey, smile once in a while. You're lucky. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Every time I hear somebody offhandedly say, you know, people just don't want to work anymore, I just say, will you shut up? I don't think that's the case. I think people do want to work. Unemployment is an all-time low. People are quitting jobs because they were lousy jobs, either because of the pay or the circumstance or whatever it is. We're in a, in a period of uh, realignment. And I know it's frustrating when you go into a bank where you go into a restaurant and there's seemingly, you know, half a staff working there. It's just how we're adjusting right now. And I was just um, really amused with this TikTok content creators post. I guess that's that's a job, a TikTok content creator. He said that he revealed that the same job he worked at 14 years ago is still offering the very same salary. And he posted it. Data entry specialist, St. Paul, Minnesota, contract slash temporary, 15 to $16 hourly. That was the exact same amount of money that he was paid 14 years ago. And I started thinking about that. And I thought, how much were you making with your first really good morning drive time radio job. And 
how much was that first house that you bought? Because you were so excited that you got this first really nice radio job. I was 25 years old. So without getting into specifics, I have calculated that the salary of doing that morning drive show on that station probably has increased threefold, at most fourfold, after all these years. And it's been decades. It's probably increased threefold to fourfold. That house that I bought has roughly increased in price 18-fold. Easily. So you have to just say, if you're a young person and you're complaining that you can't afford to buy a house in some search situations, well, that's the reason why. Everything else has gone, eggs have gone up so much. Housing, you know, it's it's just become more valuable. But this part-time job, they're not going to pay you anymore. You're going to pay you the same thing as 14 years ago. And the job that I'm doing, that, that I was doing back then, maybe three times as much money after all these years. You know what? Um, so this is just our industry, but we're not the only industry like this. You could say this, I think, about many other businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, between your first job and today, that salary has increased threefold. But the f- opening salary that you got as a radio person in your first job is probably what they're paying somebody right now, not the threefold increase. I know too many people in this business that are making like old fashioned money. (laughs) No, but you're not talking about morning drive though. Morning, morning drive on this particular station. Now on another station. Now this, this, this is a money-making station and it was really a money-making station when I was on doing morning drive. So I'm giving it threefold, but you're right. There are people who you and I've been together three decades. There are people who are making, actually about the same amount of money I made barely out of my teens. And, and that's a good job now. That's a good, that is a good job now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. The price of housing, I I read a really interesting article in my newsfeed and it, it made me like anxious. I think when I read it, because it, here was the gist of it. Homeownership. What a lie. What a lie. We've fed people for generations it's a How trap. So? How so? Well, because um, your chances of actually like making money on your home are smaller than you think. You have to buy the home at exactly the right time. You have mm-hmm. to sell the home at exactly the right time. Mm-hmm. You have to make exactly the right improvements to the home as you go. And right. a whole bunch of things that you have no control over have to taxes. go your way. For example, oh, not just not even taxes. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that town where you bought that house. Did the industry that employs so many people, did it mm-hmm. shut down and go derelict and now your town went with it, right? There's yeah. one yeah. completely out of your control. That's um, true. How about how about that house that you bought in that beautiful town? Oops. Is that toxic waste they've discovered in that nearby landfill? Uh-oh. There go your home values. A gazillion mm-hmm. things you can't control. And it also comes down to, yeah, you bought the house, but but you don't own it. And the line, the bank does. And the line from this article, Bob, that I'm never going to forget was this. You're renting the house from the bank. But if your pipes freeze, the bank's not coming over to fix it. 
the way a landlord would. Think That's about true. that. Well, Doesn't you know, that Europeans, you like a punch in the gut? Europeans don't have that same American um, desire to own their own home. Some do, obviously, some do. But a lot of folks, it's, you know, they spend their whole lives renting. It's just the way it is. And there's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, today in America, there's nothing wrong with it either from what you just described. Now, I've always wanted to be a homeowner. I'm just wired that way. I like it. And I've, wa- I've made money on homes and I've lost money on homes. But you do have to say to yourself, okay, you're right. The bank does own it until I get the final check in, which is going to take 30 years. But I'm going to have to pay taxes. I'm going to have to do all of the upkeep. Uh, it's going to need a new roof now and then. It's expensive. Like my old man said, it's expensive taking care of a house. Yeah. Well, and right. and then all the things from weather to natural disasters to changes right. in in all sorts of big and small things, all out of your control. So if you are feeling like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to buy a house. Um, maybe don't panic so much. Maybe it's yeah, not the be all and end all, right? Yeah, that you've yeah. been led to think it was. Maybe put it's money Bob aside. And Sherry. Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I feel like I should create a new feature called like, I don't know, Miss Sherry's litter box. And we all get in it together when the news is very, very catty because this feels like a very catty news story. They're rebooting Frasier on the Paramount Plus Network. But according to people working on the show, it's low budget. Everybody involved is Z-list. The only person you're going to recognize is Kelsey Grammer coming back as Dr. Fraser Crane. None of the former cast members, including David Hyde Pierce, who played Niles, none of the cast members are going to be there. The sets are different and really low rent. Um, they've moved the show out of Seattle, and Dr. Crane or Dr. Fraser Crane is um, starting over life in a brand new city with brand new cast members. Mm. And no big names, no big names in the writer's room, no big names on screen. People close to the production said that it is low budget, Z list tacky. There won't be any Daphne. There won't be any Roz. There sure as heck won't be any Niles. And of course, there definitely can't be Martin, Fraser's dad, because the actor John Mahoney died in 2018. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's right. Thoughts? Um, uh, What network did you say this is going to be? Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Plus. I had heard that that, uh, David Hyde Pierce wanted more money than they were willing to pay. Yeah, apparently there's no money attached to this show at all. So there was no money for him. Unless you're the main guy. Uh, Yeah, apparently there was just enough money for the main guy. And maybe the the gamble that Paramount Plus is taking is, look, when the show began, the only character anybody knew was Dr. Fraser Crane, and we invented the rest of it. So we're going to do that again this time. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, there are, it, it just amazes me. There are so many movies and miniseries and weekly series and television special. It is, have, have you ever watched the credits and, and seen how many people from the best boy to the catering, to the drivers, to the stunt people? It's just amazing how many people get paid and, and, and what it takes to put one production together. I can see how. Perhaps there's not enough money for everything. 
Because don't forget, when that thing was a big hit, there was less competition. It was oh, a long yeah. time ago. And yeah. that, that was an expensive set, that beautiful apartment, which I don't think actually exists in anybody's life. I wonder if um, they can, I wonder if people love Fraser Crane enough. I wonder if it's enough to overcome all of these other negatives. Because people attached to the show, it's not just that the cast is different. That happens all the time. It's that it looks like um, it's something your kid filmed for 10th grade, um, you know, creative video class. Apparently, it, I think it if it were another era with uh, three or four networks and not all of the uh, platforms that people can pull up, possibly people would give it a break and say, OK, well, it's not exactly the same, but I like him. I like Kelsey Grammer so much. I'm going to watch this. Not today. Not today. You don't think it's even enough to get a, a sample? No, I don't. Uh uh-uh. uh. You, you, if, if the writing is just right on, I mean, as good as Will and Grace. And Will and Grace, say what you want about it, had really snappy dialogue. It was, it was, it was very uh, racy. Uh, even today, when I see some of the reruns, but the writing was perfect. And Modern Family, the writing was perfect. Characters were, too. If, if they've got great writers, maybe. Outside of that, I think you're going to get slaughtered in the marketplace today. There's so much to watch. Well, then I'm extra nervous for them because according to the news story that I saw, they don't have great writers. They have what they described as Z-list writers. Now, does that mean these are writers that are on the that are on the way up and haven't had a chance to like make their big mark yet? Absolutely, and that could surprise everybody. Or it's true. Or and this is what's kind of suggested in some of the press I've read about this. Or did they just scrape the bottom of a whole bunch of shows barrels like How I Met Your Mother, for example, and take the bottom tier of writers from all those shows because they could work for cheap. Because a top-rate um, TV writer is an expensive thing. In yeah, and I don't know how much I don't know how much money Paramount Plus has, but it sounds like they're doing it on the cheap. Kelsey Grammer was one of the biggest persons I've ever seen in my life. I, I was with my kids in Beaver Creek, Colorado, literally? skiing. Like literally, physically big, literally. And he, I, I, I got off uh, this um, uh, escalator. And there, just before you go over to where the ski area starts, there is Kelsey Grammer standing there, rocking back and forth on his ski boots with this big smile on his face. Like, I know some of you recognize me. I know some of you do, even this outfit. He, he to me, looked like he was almost seven feet tall. He is a big, tall man. I've only seen, you know, I've never seen him in person like you, but he does seem to tower over everyone that he's photographed with. There's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Look, it's one of the great TV characters of all time. Maybe, maybe everyone's just being snarky. Maybe they're going to pull an A-list rabbit out of that Z-list hat. We'll see. 6'1". But he was big, Bob is saying. Like, beefy. He he just, he looked like Superman. I mean, he had that sort of a look. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. We're very lucky here because um, everybody on our staff has some sort of extra special secret talent. We're going (laughs) to focus on Chad Bauer right now, who is not only our newsman and uh, a singer and a musician in his own right, he's also just happens to be 
the heavy metal columnist for the website about.com. And Chad, um, Chad goes way deep in heavy metal and hairband music. And in honor of uh, Love Month, he has prepared for us the top 10 greatest hair ballad love songs of all time. Hair band ballad love songs of mm-hmm. all time. So let's start with number 10. And this is a song I know from a band I, I didn't realize was so obscure. Yep, Steelheart. And they're known just because the guy sings so high-pitched, I'll Never Let You Go. And he even gets higher towards the end of the song. Can you smell the Aquanet? As soon as you hear this I'm trying to regain my, my hearing. It's so distinctive. Isn't that... And spe- there's, there's not many guys that can sing like that, I have to say. That's pretty high. Yeah, and speaking of distinctive voices, the guy from Cinderella really has a distinctive oh, voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're the ninth best hairband ballad, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Ain't it the truth? Yeah. Get my cigarette lighter out. <laughs> yeah, that's what we used to do before they had cell phones. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Concerts. <laughs> And uh, yet another kind of unusual high-pitched voices at number eight, the best uh, number eight ballad, Slaughter, Fly to the Angels. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. What are the distinctive musical elements that make you know it's a hairband? instantly there's something about the production you know there's something about the sound where you go oh i know that yep. i know that's hair band well music. it's all guitar generally right there's yeah. no keyboard or anything else in it and the singing is always kind of really shrieky and right. it's very metallic sounding it's very glossy production and then the visual elements too they all you know had the spandex and the hairspray and those the, are and the some of the most ridiculous moments in musical in music history, history. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a hairband special that VH1 used to do. Maybe they still do, and they used to run it at lunchtime. And I'd go to this one place that would have it up on the TV, but they'd have the sound down when you can't hear what the music <laughs> is. The ridiculousness of the whole scene when you watch when those it's guys. just what you see visually, it gets even bigger. And you got yeah, you had the guys that looked like women, and then you had the hot women like on cars, and yeah, every yeah, video yeah. was filled right, with hot right. women. And, and as we go closer to number one on this list, um, you're going to hear songs that you dance to at your wedding. Right. Somebody out there, especially um, coming up number seven and number six, somebody out there had this as their first wedding dance. Tesla's in the number yeah, seven. Yeah, love list. song. It's number the seven best hair metal ballad. Do you know who killed this? This high voice stuff? Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, because they they came in and... (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot, Grunge, for ending the hairband. I mean, Bob's right. We should not be surprised that these guys were as sensitive as they were. Because when you turn the sound off, they look like my Aunt Rosemary. (laughs) I mean, a lot of them do. With the tight pants and the big jersey hair. A lot of them do. Now, Um, number six. Now, you talked about wedding dances. This is a wedding dance song. No, this song we actually had in my wedding. Like during the no, ceremony. You did not. Yes, as part of the ceremony oh, itself. I want to hear this. God, yes. that's a good Firehouse. Huh? This was in the ceremony. It was in the ceremony. How was this woven in? We had we had pop song. We had Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You was in our ceremony. You're still married. Yeah. To the same woman. Yeah. Wow. You know what this sounds like? Pump this up a little bit. 
in one of those 80s movies. It's the next morning, and the girl's walking home to her house, and she wishing she hadn't spent the <laughs> night out. You know that what? Night. No. no. Right after, everyone starts the slow clap that goes like yeah, this. Yeah, or that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The slow clap, yeah. yeah number five, uh, best hair metal ballad is L.A. Guns, A Ballad of Jane. This was their only hit, right? I mean, they didn't they have they, maybe another one. They had but, some minor some minor hits, but this was pretty much the only one people remember. But they were a good band. And they're great name. He was the original gu- guitarist in Guns N' Roses. Yeah, Tracy Guns was. And number four, you know, most of the hair bands were all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. White mm-hmm. Lion actually had political elements in their songs, mm-hmm. like this one, When the Children Cry. And the children cry, let them know we tried. Another one of their hits was about the Greenpeace ship. It's called Little Fighter. So they they were Mm -hmm. a pretty politically leaning Mm -hmm. band for hair bands. Number three, the late, great Janie Lane. Oh, yeah. You know, during the Grammys, when they did The People That Passed Away, that he was not included in there. How'd they diss this guy? I don't know. This was a prom theme. Yeah. Very hard. Harder to dis- dance to that than you might mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. You're doing that <laughs> yeah, yeah, zombie not- white guy shuffle <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. that. Right. All right. We're in the number two position. Greatest hair band love songs of all time. Skid Row, I Remember You. So, Chad, when you listen to a whole CD of people screaming at you like this, it's not tiring? No, it's awesome. Yeah. If this is all on one album, I'm at the uh, barber shop getting my hair cut. That's a long half hour. <laughs> I can smell the Love's Baby Soft and Aquanet now. Tell me about it. All right. The next one is not just great, one of the greatest, the greatest hair band ballad love song of all time, but a lot of people think this is one of the best songs out of the 80s. That is right. Poison number one. Every rose has its thing. Just like every night. That's certainly the most commercial, too. Yeah. And it was a number one song as well. And Chad Bauer, um, you think that Poison is the best hair band? I do. Band of all time. Yeah, I've taken some criticism. Defend that. A lot of people think it's Motley Crue, but I just like Poison better. It's just, you know. <laughs> they had a ton of hits. And, and plus, I've interviewed Brett Michaels, and he's the nicest guy you will ever meet. If I had to listen to all of that again, I'd take Poison. <laughs> Can I tell you, what's the fire? Now, We've always wondered about the people who put these lists together. Was the firehouse a little higher because it was in your wedding ceremony? Probably so. Yeah, yeah these. Yeah. I mean, I'm a human being. These lists are my own personal taste. <laughs> oh, you don't need to defend that around yeah. here. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Good job. True. Weird. Stuff. In each episode of True Weird Stuff, we'll take a look at something that's, you know, well, true and weird. Subscribe now and become part of True Weird Nation. We're all about curiosity here. And that's true weird stuff. True weird stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. I haven't mentioned this because I was hoping that if I never said it out loud, it would turn out to not be really happening. But Uh my kitchen has been completely unusable for about a week now. Um, Kevin decided he wanted to do something to the garbage disposal. And I know he told me what it was, but I'll be honest, we've been together a long time and I just, 
It just sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. And then, so he started working on that, and then he got distracted by all the pregame stuff around the college football championships, which were like a week ago. And then um, he pulled the dishwasher out to do something to that, and now the dishwasher won't work again, and I can't use the sink. So, and I know you're thinking, no worries, girl. Just wash dishes in the bathtub and get takeout. Yeah, um, there's been some of that, but it's just the two of us. And when there are no kids in the house, like you don't really focus on meals. Last night for dinner, I had a pink Jolly Rancher and a vending machine bag of popcorn with a glass of wine. <laughs> it's not adequate nutrition, Bob. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm probably going to have to take some time off next week to get treated for rickets. And possibly scurvy. You, you know what? Tell me, tell me what's wrong in the kitchen. I'm not really sure because, again, what, 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 what's what, down? What, 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 what's what? down? What's down? The sink, like the water's turned off, and the dishwasher. There's no no way to wash anything or you require water. You got to move. I, I did suggest that to him. I'm like, what do you say? We just sell the house and just start move. over. Yeah. Yeah. They, when they come for, for the tour, they ne- they never try to you know turn on the water. Yeah, They're looking around, yeah. you know. I just something I've learned. Pro tip: um, Jolly Ranchers may be fruit flavored, but they are completely lacking in vitamins and minerals. It's a hard yeah. thing to live on. That's right. So we're That's in right. we're in week two of this, uh-huh. and I'm you know I'm trying to be a supporting and loving spouse. As we slowly starve to death and have no running water. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.